You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides, your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 72, recorded May 30th, 2020. Is it really the 30th? Where the fuck did this... Where did the month go? Sorry, you can edit all that out. Or not. Uh, The topic tonight is Constellations Part 2. I am your host for this evening, Orchid. I am Elemist. We have our special guests back from Focus Fire Chat. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves. I don't. Blue. I mean, introduce yourself. Do the thing, Blue. Do the thing. Hi. That- <laughs> How about... This is Blue Crew 86. Hi, this is the Blue gym- Crew 86. There we go. God. Good job, buddy. It's not Jeez, scripted. I'll get to your treat it's, not, it's not scripted. I don't know what the fuck you want from me. Hold on. I love you this so much, Blue. True. There. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to change the show notes so it said, hi, comma, this is Blue Crew 86. Nice. Now it's been scripted. But like, oh, shit. I need to write at the end. Say goodbye. <laughs> but that I assumes need to write she an reads it. <laughs> Yeah. There's show notes? What is this? It's not like you do a podcast every week or anything. Wait, we do a podcast? And you- What? You do- Lies! You always- Oh my gosh. (sighs) Okay, so this is, I think, I think this is kind of a get back at me moment because I try to derail the podcast in the introduction section every week in some way, shape, or form. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't just try. You usually succeed pretty well. Yeah, I'm starting to run out of ideas. Like, you broke chat the other night. night. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. But hi, I'm Green-Eyed Music Lover, the queen of the green. Yep. Giggity. That's literally in the show notes. It's there. Mm -hmm. it is i put there i love it Mm -hmm. see blue you could have put things in the show notes too i actually put in i'm sorry i'm chasing down a knight right now are you well tell the knight to stop running well he just died so we're good now go after his squire the wrong kind of knight squatter we we squashed him really quick okay (laughs) um podcast news uh, we encourage feedback you can send us feedback on twitter at guardians underscore lore 50 50 chance it would be me or mrs hyven responding to you you can uh tweet at me directly at hey it's orchid or at mrs underscore hyven or elemist but he rarely tweets back at i underscore am underscore elemist uh you can but when he does he does all the twitter all at once he does he does like, like 18 twitters I- honest like honestly i will sit there and i won't hear from him for weeks and then i'll get a slew of likes mm-hmm. just from things that i tweeted out two weeks ago yep. it's like okay elmist <laughs> yep you, you dude you gotta keep up man yep well like no this so, is what he so, does so like there's days where i just work non-stop until i get off work and then it's like all right you know what clan stuff 
And then there are days that are so slow, it's like, all right, what's on Twitter? And yep. that's usually my catch-up Everything day. Rain said, like, 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 yep. like. I feel like you're my grandpa in a smaller, younger body. <laughs> it's a grandpa body, though. Like, don't be. I mean. It, it is a it grandpa body. Like. What? Don't be confused. <laughs> what? I'm an old man. <laughs> At least he can use a phone correctly. Oh, my God. Fucking parents. What's his name? How do you check the you- snap? How do you? Oh my God, if they were on Snapchat, I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> Snapchat is not for parents. What's this twatter? What's a oh my fucking God. twatter. My parents at least know what Twitter is. Hey, that's something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine just uses it as a way to retweet things she agrees with, which is fine. Okay. Wait, that's not how you use Twitter. Mm, I put pictures of otters on the internet, so that's how I use Twitter. Everybody has their own way of using Twitter. Mm-hmm. The internet is for porn. We were taught this from uh, Avenue Q. What was that Avenue Q? Yeah. So, well, that's what Instagram I is think for. That's what and the internet Reddit is for, and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, Elmas. Yeah. What is the internet for? Like, where would you find your best porn? Oh, I've got the Pornhub app downloaded. That isn't Pornhub. Reddit. (laughs) Okay. I would ask Blue, but he's a good boy and would never look at anything like that, so. (laughs) (laughs) I love the I'm I'm single and in my 30s. Like, (laughs) what do you expect? I don't know what I expect anymore. I'm going to move on. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. You can. Arf can send us. Ne- okay. Do you know what? I said that Arf is the only person that emails us. And then we got a slew of emails from people. So thank you, people. Yeah. Who sent us emails, especially BK Spleen, who just sent us a meme that she made <laughs> with a honey badger. So speaking of thank her you. memes, she broke my wife this afternoon with the meme she did of oh, my little dog yeah. buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Julie lost it. She loves it. Oh She's like, God. yeah, she, this person does this all the time. <laughs> I you know. should follow her. Yeah. That's, that's our entire conversation. It's just memes sometimes. Well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. But I love BK. She's like my very best, best, best friend. So, Ugh. So many memes. All right. Uh, Instagram, uh, Guardians So Flore, or Guardians of Lore, since there is no underscore in that. Uh, please review us wherever you can find the podcast, except on Spotify, because they suck. Um, you can join us in our Discord. If you do, I am sorry. Also, hooray. One of those two. <laughs> I mean, we dis- now have a NIPS Discord. channel, so... This is very important for Animal Crossing people. We have a Show Me Your Nips channel for all the turnip <laughs> prices. Show me your nips, guys. Come for all the best turnip prices. If you're going to join our Discord just for that, I'm fine with it. Like, come hang out. It's fun. Yeah. Sorry, Green, you were saying. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, your, ch- your uh, Discord is always a chaotic kind of fun mess that people are just all over the place and you have some of the strangest rooms i have ever seen in a discord what do you mean and what do you show me your nips 
<laughs> Case in point. <laughs> Meaning turnips. But that is not prefaced when you see the, the name of the... Uh, nope. The name of Show the, me your uh, nips. Room. It would be great if someone like joined and then just put a picture of their boobs in it. I mean, we have a no nudity policy, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd totally download it and then wait for Hyven to, to rant about it and then go delete it. Ugh, Hyven. <laughs> Such a boner killer. Jesus. All right. Um, you can also find our info at thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators like Green and Blue. Would you like to say something about your own website? It's amazing. Blue. Is it? Blue works on that website just dang near constantly. That's what it sounded so like. Yeah, he's always working on either updating the UI for the website or making sure that there's articles going up. There's He works really hard on it. I, It's his baby. <laughs> Green's like, I'm I... I'm here along for the ride. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. He's like, I'd say it's he, pretty. He, <laughs> I, that's basically my job. He sends me like page shots mm-hmm. of things that he's updating, and I go, "That looks great." Mm-hmm. Or, I tell him, change this. I or like you should color. change this. I was about to say, or it's <laughs> that looks okay. I give, I give you constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. 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 That's the it way to do well. it. No, that's the way to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you want to talk about your new thing that you guys are trying to do each week? Oh, the uh, the lore mm-hmm. roundup? Yes. Yeah, so this is a, a, a brainchild of mine, but Blue is doing the legwork on it as per usual at this point. Um, Blue has started gathering up the content that various lore creators throughout the Destiny community and I, I think we're doing just lore across the board possibly. Yes. Are we doing Currently, that now yeah. or is it... No, okay. we're doing so we're going to yeah. do lore like anybody who's in the, the lore network what I'm doing is I'm basically just going to grab their most recent stuff for the past week and then we're just going to showcase you know hey this is the past seven days for our content um and it's just yeah. basically ideas to put it all in one place so that people can kind of it's easier to find right so if you are a fan of bife or mylan you can see their stuff really easily back to back but you'll also see guardians of lore focus fire chat taylor um Wally type thing. Mm-hmm. You'll get to see Wally's stuff and a bunch of like people who are not necessarily those huge, huge names out there. You'll see a lot of people who have great ideas next to the people who are obviously well established. So a little bit of cross pollination happening. And it's nice. good. I love it. So where can we find it each week? Will you guys tweet it out? We tweet it out, and then it is also the way the websites run is kind of similar to most news sites. We designed it so that it has a rotating um, bar. As soon as you hit, as soon as you land on the main page, it'll show all the most recent articles. Um, so if you don't see a tweet or you know whatever, you can just go to thelornetwork.com, and it will be in that rotation. Uh, that's also where you know. Uh, the Destiny Armory Defined pieces, we put those up every mm-hmm. Tuesday, I think. Um, if 
I remember correctly. Yeah, that's by Rhino six six six. Yeah, I have, I've I've gotten to a point oh, where I, write, I get them scheduled so I don't have to think about it, and then I forget when it's scheduled, and so then it posts. I'm like, oh yeah, that's getting put out. Today. I did. I did, I did that. that thing. <laughs> I did do the thing. Um. So like right I now, I love how joyful doing, you sound. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's always nice when something, well, it's, a- it's like, good job, Pass Blue. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the the YouTube roundup is right now, we're just doing YouTube videos, and that's going out on every Friday. Um, the idea, hopefully, is if we can get that kind of down to a, an art of not taking a copious amount of time, then we're going to also start doing a podcast and article roundup every i'm thinking like every wednesday so then we kind of have a a rotation of this is the past week of youtube videos this is the past week of podcasts you know that type of thing very nice so we should be able to um like our our twitter will retweet it when we see it um but everyone should go follow at focus fire chat also and at the lore network Mm -hmm. on twitter so you can see Mm -hmm. all that stuff Sweet Absolutely. Jesus. So twoggle. <laughs> this week, this week I sh- at Guardians of Lore, or twoggle, since it was pointed out last week that uh, we neglected to ever say what it meant ever again. So <laughs> this will be the last time I tell you what it means. So new people who listen to it and don't listen to this episode, do you know what? Maybe they, maybe they should have listened to past episodes. I don't know. Just being a little salty. <sighs> I have <So> this possum. <laughs> oh my fucking god! There was a possum in my house this week. <laughs> the thing that confused me when you announced that on Twitter was how the fuck did a possum get in your house? Oh, cat door. so I have cat door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have two cat doors. I have one that goes into the garage so they can get to their cat boxes and the other one I have goes into the backyard um, because I had cats that like to sneak out when I was trying to like go out my garage or out my front door. So it was a one-way cat door so they could come back inside from being outside. Um, and my cat stupid. Um, rest his soul. The neighbor poisoned him like three years ago and um which was really sad but uh he punched that door open and broke it the cat did or the possum the cat did okay the cat punched the door and broke it so then it could go both ways um and then (laughs) and then i figured out how to fix it and then my my current cat mr pickles um punched it again my cats are very violent, apparently, and broke it in half. So there's nothing protecting um, <laughs> the outside from the inside anymore. So they just come and go as they please. And the one that was inside is long since dead. So, like, my, there's just open holes in my doors that go in and out. So apparently this possum... Um, I'd seen, like, the cat food was going through, like, really quickly because I just have a feeder that they just eat from whenever they want because my cats are heathens. And mm-hmm. uh, I was saying, like, oh, well, they're going through a lot of cat food. Oh, well, maybe they're hungry. It's fine. Whatever. And I don't pay attention. They do what they do. Like, I give them treats and they just kind of lay around and do cat things. 
cat stuff. Apparently. As you do. Yeah, cat stuff, as you do. And um, I was, you know, sitting and eating in the dark because I had been streaming for four hours and was hungry. So I was like, you know what? Like, I need to eat maybe some toast before I go to sleep because I had to be up early the next day. And <laughs> so I'm sitting there, like, in half the dark, and I hear, like, nomming from the cat food. Mm-hmm. I look to my left and sitting on a box that's underneath um, a window in the front of my house, which is right next to where I eat, um, is Mr. Pickles, who was asleep. And I'm like, oh, well, Toki's eating really loud. My God. And I look down and Toki's rolling around on the floor and I'm like, who the fuck is eating? <laughs> <laughs> my music stand is in the way of my vision to the cat food dish. Because I play, I play the violin sitting down at my dinner table because I don't want to stand for two hours and play when I can sit for two hours and play. Sure. So I moved Makes the sense. music stand just a little bit and like tilted my head to the left to look. Just a fucking possum just like nomming on the cat food. And I'm like, hello, what are you doing here? And he yeah, just looks at me like, food, actually. oh, yeah, no, he just looked at me. He's yep. like, what's up? I'm like, uh, I, can you leave? <laughs> and he got a little he got like a little freaked out because i freaked out and i didn't know what to do so i'm just like um shits and so he just like kind of bolts through the door and leaves and goes into the backyard again i guess and then i'm just freaking out i'm like shrieking at the top and i was like i had a fucking possibly my house what the fuck is gonna happen i called my ex-husband on the phone of course he's asleep so he didn't answer and i'm just like i called my BFF Destiny friend Sam in Texas. I'm like, there's a fucking possum in my house. So I calmed down, finished my toast. Everyone is putting possum memes into our show chat right now, and I am <laughs> not looking at them. <laughs> and but the then last I'm, one is, is exactly your situation. Oh my god, no, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't look like that. <laughs> it's more like the one in the little. Thing. he's actually kind of cute sort of i mean i mean it's interesting that he's just made himself at home like apparently he's done this before well, this like, is you my problem see yeah the fact that he's made himself at home in your home okay. if he's not i mean you could just think of him as another cat yeah just a cat with much scarier teeth mm-hmm. and a rat tail right so um and he's a cat that plays dead and really good at carrying rabies. Yeah. This is true. Mm-hmm. And... So it's like a cat dog. Yeah. <laughs> so I I mean, it's not a trash toast. panda, but it's pretty close, right? <laughs> I sat back down at the table watching Hulu, just trying to, like, calm down. Turn around. I hear commotion. He fucking came back inside to eat more cat food. It, because it's free food. That's like, when I took pictures of him because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And then I just told him, like, baby, you know, you're really cute, but could you not be in my house? Could you go away? Just like super calmly. And he was just like looked sad at me and then left. And I'm like, ugh. And then I, like, barricaded the door that went outside. My cats were very mad at me. They are like, how dare you? How dare you take her I away? I my friend Chuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I named him Chuck. Because I had been watching Chuck lately. <laughs> so. 
You're welcome. Uh, I love Chuck. I This is my second watch through of that show, but yeah. I'm curious um, if he would stop coming inside if you put some cat food outside for him, I, but I don't necessarily want to encourage the bad behavior. Yeah, also. that's my problem. Um, I don't, I don't want him to be anywhere in my house. And so I took away the barricade. So the cats go out, go outside during the day. And then I kind of forgot to put it back because one of them wasn't back inside and I couldn't bribe him back inside. So I was like, shit, I'll just leave it open. And then fucking Chuck is in the house, just like eating cat food again. I'm like, Chuck, you've got to stop meeting like this so chuck came back have you called animal control about it they're they aren't really doing anything right now with the whole like coronavirus whatever yeah best best way really honestly is get a trap just a live trap yeah because i mean until because the thing is is possum possums are like raccoons they're actually pretty smart about stuff and as soon as they find out that there's free food somewhere they Mm -hmm. will they're not going anywhere nope yep but though they the do problem... they don't just for the record they don't like mothballs oh yeah mothballs okay. and if i remember correctly newspaper is the way that we'd always Weird. get rid of them mm-hmm. yeah they don't like yeah. the uh, sensation and sound of it when they walk on oh. it oh i so, can just line my entire garage in newspaper is what i'm hearing I'm just thinking that she's going to put down this live trap and her damn cats are going to get that's, in there instead. Yeah. But that's why it's a live trap, right? I mean... Right. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that is the thing, but... The problem, so, though, I have two cats and I thought that they would, you know, go after him, but they both... Toki instead, like, rolled onto his back and was being really cute and adorable, like, looking at Chuck. And I'm like, the fuck is this? Like, you guys are obviously <laughs> friends. Pickle did not give a shit. He just looked at him, and he usually will fight anything, and he's just laying there like, sup, bro? And Chuck's like, sup? Just gonna have some of your food. Pickle's like, cool. I'm just gonna hang out. I'm just gonna sit here until you're done. Yeah, but Toki was just, like, wooing him, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. He was rolling around on his back and being adorable and, like, roly-poly. And just to- at this Toki was just fucking... looking at Chuck. Like, paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's what Toki was doing, and Chuck was eating food. So, so what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is you put down newspaper mothballs in your place, and then you get some cat food. And if you have any neighbors that you don't like, put it like right. Hey, this is a like, completely a that is idea. a completely legit idea <laughs> well i do have that neighbor that parked their car in front of my driveway for like a solid month so, so sounds like they're about you... to get a possum they so, you know <laughs> they have awesome. a cat <laughs> god guys <laughs> unfortunately they're across the street so i'd have to like point chuck in that direction but I also just, just get a trail of cat food. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Like I see her yeah. with a bag outside. Just Neighbor comes out. What are you doing? Nothing. 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 I don't know. It's been raining so much because it's Oregon. The like I can't put any cat food outside right now. But you know, when it stops raining in three weeks, cat food. Just all cat food. All cat food so, all the time. So you everywhere. have a few extra surprise visits from Chuck until then. You know, when he came back in, I was just like, 
defeated at the idea and I'm like this is gonna be a thing now isn't it <laughs> I just might as well just get him a collar chuck on it you know you can be one of the first possum owners in Oregon mm, I'm pretty it certain be there a are thing. a bunch already it, <laughs> it may be a thing in Arkansas on a regular basis no like I mean Oregon, the, the only so the only problem with that is like like in all seriousness, actually, wild possums are real. Re- don't do that because they can. No. They can I, carry. Well, they're sh- carriers right. of so many diseases. Oh yeah, sure. no, they're I'm, gross. That's why I don't I want them in my house. Mostly joking. Mostly. Mostly. Oh yeah. Mostly. No, I mean I, like this is. I grew up with uh, some... where one of our neighbors had raccoons as as pets. They're amazing pets. I had a prairie dog. Yeah, they're amazing pets. I had a girl. A there was a girl in um, prairie dog in high school that had a skunk as a pet that had mm-hmm. been de-skunked when it was a baby. De-skunk them, yeah. yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. they're, those those animals are really sweet, actually. Yeah. No, skunks really are like cats. If lost, take the fucker. <laughs> no illness. <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> if lost, if found, it's yours now. If found, congratulations. <laughs> you can keep him. His name's Chuck and he loves cat food. Oh my God. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. I just need to get the cat door fixed. And I was going to do that today and then I streamed for five hours. So that didn't happen. Maybe hey, tomorrow. but streaming. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I had yeah. a good time. Just a lot of Mass Effect. Anyway, um, so that's the story of Chuck. You can... Watch my Twitter if you want more updates on Chuck, because I'm sure I will put more out there. You're welcome, Internet. <laughs> God damn it. It is pretty amusing. Fucking possum in my house. <laughs> anyway, did you play Destiny this week? Like, are you doing... I agree, and I know you're doing bounties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am doing the bounty grind. Me too. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's. I mean, it's kind of relaxing because it's. It's not high pressure. Like literally, this is a grind that I am imposing upon myself. Mm-hmm. It's only going to get me like approximately, I think, like ten levels mm-hmm. per maximum as far as season pass goes. But it's just I like doing something because I want to do it instead mm. of being forced to do it. Right. And it's just a good time killer. What do you feel about them um, taking the bounties away before the beginning of the next season? They're not doing that, are they? No, they're talking about about it for next year, though. I've heard rumblings. Uh, I mean, I don't... Actually, it won't bother me either way. It's just the bounty grind as a preseason grind is just a way for me to engage in the content still. And have a reason to engage in the content. Yeah. Because okay. otherwise, I'm just going to play Crucible the whole time. Because that's what I end up doing at the end of the seasons anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Crucible all the time type of person, but because Crucible is always fluctuating based off of like who you load in with and whatever, that it still stays interesting even at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't bother me if they got rid of them. I know that the talk of getting rid of so many re- bounty requirements right. is a big topic right now. And I would be all for that because Guardian Games sucked as far as bounties, but... It was bounty the event. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was bounties that weren't well written. Like mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily always understand what they were asking for. Yeah. The, so it made it the wording. more difficult. Mm-hmm. And so they had to rely on content creators to create these guide videos to tell you how to do a fucking bounty, which is not how it should work. Bounties should be low hanging fruit for everybody to be able to accomplish pretty easily mm-hmm. if given the proper instructions in the bounty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What about you guys? Have you, what have you been doing? I, you said you were playing Mass Effect. Yeah. You playing any any Destiny this week? or? Yeah, I played with Rick uh, this morning, actually. But I've been like so into playing Rainbow Six Siege that I haven't really been playing a whole lot of Destiny. You're going to need to teach me how to do that. Because I went in with him last Sunday or the Sunday before and tried to play Siege. And I was just like, oh, God, this sucks. It's so slow. Oh, yeah, see, I just throw cameras and shriek, and I die, because I'm not looking to win. (laughs) I'm just looking to cause enough chaos for the rest of the team to (laughs) do some damage. Okay. And so I picked the the people that can help, and then you can still use the cameras if I place them in the right place after I die, so you can still do call-outs to your team. Which nice. I'm just assuming Rick is still alive at this point, but he killed me in one match today, and I think I killed him in another match. So I mean, yeah, friendly fire's a thing in there. It's very much a thing, and then you can vote the person out if you think they killed you on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I love that game. It's so much fun. It's so stupid. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it delights the shit out. Of me. It's like Overwatch, but serious. That's the best I way I can. Overwatch. I love Overwatch too. It's so ridiculous, but mm-hmm. Siege is like the serious version of Overwatch, because every character does something different. It's not like you doing Call of Duty, and it's pretty much the same loadout or like the same kind of general type characters. So, but they all have like lore and backstory, and there's like elaborate backstory, mm-hmm. and like elaborate Rick was lore. To explain that, yeah. oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you could, like, look all that shit up on YouTube. There's, like, videos. Like, wow, people like us exist outside of Destiny. <laughs> oh, my mm-hmm. God. And another shooter game. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, I have not been playing Destiny. I don't know. The only thing I've been doing is playing Crucible. But that's usually what I just do anyway is play Crucible. Mm-hmm. Elemis, what about Elemis? you? Yeah. Up until maybe Thursday, um, mm-hmm. I wasn't playing Destiny all too much. Really? Um, but now I'm doing the bounty grind. Like Thursday night, um, and actually this is a perfect time to do to shout this out. Thursday night, I had seen a tweet about Ghost Overlay. Mm-hmm. And... It's an actual overlay that you can set bounties into. So it's like whipping out your ghost and seeing the bounties, but you don't have to whip out your ghost. And it shows all bounties. It's... Yes. Yeah. Whereas It'll with the ghost, you more only... than just yeah. three. Yeah. That, so like Josh, Josh did an amazing really job cool. with that. Yeah. That's at Josh Hunt on Twitter. Um, but like, so I loaded that up, loaded Destiny, 
I was playing around with it for a bit. Um, it got 35 bounties done in a, just a single night. So I was like, all right, this is what I'm doing. To be fair, it is only available for PC just because it is an overlay and you can't necessarily do that on console. Correct. But it seems like it looks really clean. Like you can set up what you're tracking on it and you can track not only bounties, but also quests just like you can in game. But it's just constantly on your screen off to the side. And triumphs. That's a big one for me. I'm a wannabe completionist. And the website for the actual uh, app or overlay itself is ghostoverlay.com. He has a website pulled up for it already, so. Yep. He's pretty cool. And aside from that, I'm still looking at nips and... and... Yeah, you are. (laughs) Are you playing Animal Crossing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I keep... Like, I keep debating, should I get a Switch or even a Switch Lite Good to luck. do this thing? I know, I know. But Switch Lights are actually more available yeah, Switch, right now than Switch lights are Switch Lights but, are very easy to find, actually. But not in the good main, colors. Eh, color is not a big thing for me. Just get a, it would, get a and actually, decal and you solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah, but or I mean, if you case. want, like... Yeah, but if you want the teal or the pink, like you're not gonna find it. Anywhere. Oh, we have. Uh, if you have, if you want the teal or pink, let me know because the target around here has like fifty of them. Oh yeah, see, all around here they only have um, the gray is everywhere, and then like a couple stores have yellow. But I like the yellow one; I think it's cool. I bought I myself know. a gray one, like when I got my tax return before oh, COVID nice. hit. So then my old one, my old one, I just went ahead and hacked it. And so now I have like save management on that shit. And yeah. Wow. Jeez. I just want to get it for Julie because I know she would love Animal Crossing because she was a huge fan of Stardew Valley. She has more hours in Star. Oh, I would say almost as many hours in Stardew Valley as I did in Destiny 1. Mm-hmm. Damn. Right. Yep, fishing. It's I impressive. tell you what. She okay. Oh. I may have I may have challenged her to that because <laughs> apparently Isakol's husband has c- caught every fish in the game, and there Already? are some that are like the legendary and not in Animal Crossing, yeah, in and... Stardew Valley, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. And he's he's gotten all of them, and I said that, and she's just like, oh, really. <laughs> And she went out and she, I've never known her to be competitive. I have never, never known her to be competitive. And she went and just finished all the fishing. Like she worked for hours and hours and hours on just fishing. And it's just like, okay, well, found the, found the, uh, found the key to Julie's competitive side. Right. I found, you found her trigger game. I found the game is what it is. I found the game style because she's never been a gamer. She's never played any kind of video game. She didn't grow up with them or anything like that. And Stardew Valley and Merge Dragons are the two that she is like locked onto <laughs> oh, as yeah. her favorites right now. My wife okay, plays Merge I love Dragons. Merge Dragons. Mm-hmm. I love Merge Dragons Merge on my phone. Oh yeah, it's fun. 
It's fun. I played quite a few hours of it and had to take it off because I was getting to the point where I was just like, I could spend this much money to do this thing and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when I know I have to get rid of it because it's not a good thing. Not a good thing. Anyway. So, um, Elmas, you actually played PC Crucible a couple times this past week. I know you and I played I PC did. Crucible together after we recorded last week. Yeah. And I actually played Destiny for like a good. No, you didn't. You did really well. Um, what? What do you notice is the difference between the two? The weapons have a totally different feel. Mm-hmm. Like, on console, Randy's kind of sucks. On PC, you? I was getting headshots like you wouldn't believe. Randy's isn't too people. bad. But, like... Randy's isn't too bad on console. I, I've used it. I Yeah, I use it, too. But, like, I'm not a scout rifle person. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a hand cannon or pulse rifle. Okay. So scout is kind of it's that medium ground between the two. Is different. But it's yeah. I'm more of the extreme on the two, that that scale. Mm. But so like I ran around crucible with it for 3 matches and I actually went positive and I, like that shocked the hell out of me. No, you did um, really well. You were good. And then Thursday, I went into like two or three control matches. And I, again, it's the weapons that feel different. Like, even though I do hand cannons, I mostly do 140s, 150s, sometimes a 180. Mm-hmm. The 110, um, like I tried a Duke and it felt really good. But I can't stand it on console. Yeah, 140s and 150s on console, I don't think feel very good in general. But the 110s, if you understand that that's what you're getting, those are fine. And then anything faster than that is generally pretty okay. Yeah, I like to use a Better Devils or a Trust. Those are the two that I like the best on console. But I know plenty of people who enjoy using a duke and pairing it as like a finish off weapon with something that is a little bit harder hitting, like a fusion rifle. Okay. Um, No, like I just got my Not Forgotten last season. So that's what I've been playing with a lot in Crucible. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I also tend to gravitate towards like the Austringer from uh, Menagerie like I love that thing Austringer is great anyway um, do you have any sexy hopes for next season Blue do you have a sexy hope I need one sexy hope out of you no God damn it. That was amazing. How about we redefine sexy hope of not actually being a lewd thing in game, but being a hope that you would be very excited you could theoretically pop get a boner one over. 
That's yeah. what I meant. I didn't mean that you're going to like finally see a nip slip of like Petra or something. <laughs> leather pants waifu? Oh my god. Yes, leather pants waifu. Jeez. I know Blue has an interesting perspective <laughs> on where he wants to see the game go. Uh, Which one? Blue. There's several of those. The- well, just in regards to the possible destruction of the tower. Oh, yeah, just Almighty. get rid of Earth. I don't know why everyone wants to get rid of Titan. Just destroy Earth. <laughs> that would okay, solve a lot I'm of gonna, problems. I'm going to really need you to go out on a limb and tell me why you want to get rid of Earth, or is this just to, like, stir the pot? Because fuck yes. everybody else who wants to get rid of Titan. Okay. That's, no, that's it, I, I mean, it's... It was one of those conversations where is like, I actually what I'm what I'm really hoping is, what would be really funny, is if we divert the um, the Almighty because destroying the Almighty is not actually gonna I don't it depends on how truthful to physics they're gonna stick, um because there's a lot of problems already with it but if we divert the Almighty away from Earth for you know whatever. If we actually end up being the reason that it hits Titan or it hits another planet and we are the reason that that planet gets destroyed, I think that would be freaking hilarious. I would probably fall off my chair laughing because of that. Um, because I'd then. Be okay if Asher got killed in that process. I mean, I would, I would definitely, definitely be sad about that, but he's also not on Titan. But. Um, yeah, that would be Sloan. I mean, I don't want Sloan to go away. Well, like Sloan Sloan's. doesn't have a problem flying. Okay, like part of the part of Asher's <laughs> tragedy is that Asher doesn't know if his ghost can even resurrect him. Like that's part of Asher's like trauma is because his ghost got infected. He doesn't even know if his ghost is capable of being a full ghost, and it's just like like the more you dig into Asher's story, the kind of the, the more tragic the tr- more yeah can the more tragic also, it does get can we also no. talk about the positive of the almighty blowing up that, the fact that that guardian that's stuck oh my god right the we'll black finally have finally, we'll finally die, die and the ghost could finally be able to revive him mm, yeah oh that's i'm true. hoping you think that that's you think that goes. they would yeah, you think that's what they'll do? Because the ghost is on the guardian, or the ghost is on the Almighty. Well, no, is he still? The ghost has come back to the tower because it was talking to the future war cult and and no, they the were they and... no the future war cults. They were all studying on the Almighty. They were all on the Almighty studying it. Oh. I thought it was just a single fire team. Well, no, they, they so it was a single fire team. When that whole tra- when the whole thing went down, oh, so, but okay, then, went, but I, I kind of read it as like they had, they had actually gone there to look at the situation because he's trapped in the field or whatever. Like, I mean, I also gotcha. don't have a problem with the ghost coming back or I mean, whatever. But yeah, I was, you know, I, I saw Bife put a video out about that too, and I was like, <laughs> like, well, at least someone's gonna get closure out of this stupid ship coming back. I hope that we get. Maybe we Even use the dreadnought to play bumper cars. <laughs> well, we can't destroy the dreadnought 
Right. No, you can't destroy it. So hit it with the Almighty or hit the Almighty with the Dreadnought. And there you go. Just move, just taxi the, <laughs> the dreadnought in front of her. Yes, yeah, just. And then just I don't know why that just, wouldn't be a problem. Uh, totally do bumper cars. I don't understand oh, why God. we're having this conversation. It's the obvious yeah. solution. <laughs> don't let Z hear this episode. She's going to kill me. <laughs> also, here's another funny thing. The Almighty is flying straight at us. Oh, don't, according don't, to oh, God. the image. This is, I'm going to I'm gonna go there. It's the so physics annoying. Of the fact, it, it's like. How is the Almighty flying at the perfect trajectory to come at us when the Earth is continually rotating around the sun? This is like, my it problem. It should miss us. Yeah, this Whoa, is my problem. That, the that is, the entire asinine idea of them like just pushing it at the Earth. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. That's not how it works. Like, well, fuck and I, you, my, that was my when they first when the season first started. Everyone's like, oh, they locked it on. They destroyed navigations. I'm like, okay. Like it's gonna hit Earth. No, what? Like, <laughs> like, just go get the yeah. army of freaking jump ships that we have. Lock onto it and tow it. It's not that it. They don't have navigations. They can't change the path. It's just going forward. It's like basic vacuum mechanics here, guys. Like, just bump it. Has no one it's, seen it's literally- the expanse? This is how this works. It's literally like they put a brick on the gas pedal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's what they did with the Leviathan when they locked Callus in it. They did the same thing. They just like locked the like navigation controls and just like kicked it off into space. In a single direction. Yep. Yeah. And then that's what they did. I don't know. To me to me there's just like this is this is my problem with a lot of like logic problems like this is because I'm sitting there and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, if you think of it this way, this is not a problem. Like we have a fleet of jump ships. Like of all the of all the things that they could have done with the Almighty, this particular one I just I hope that they're going to wrap it up in a way that kind of makes it make more sense because to be honest, right now I I there I I don't I don't care. Like, there's so many things that you can do from a literal, just like a scientific standpoint that would completely invalidate this threat. It and, is just a story hook, unfortunately. And I mean, and obviously. I love the fact that they're using it, like, great, but I wish that they would have written it a way that would make. Like, not have the Almighty show up in the sky. Mm -hmm. Like, if the Almighty wasn't in the sky as a potential threat heading towards us, I get that we would not necessarily feel as tense about the Almighty coming towards us. But then the physics could theoretically say that it was like a one in like a trillion chance that it actually hit us. Yeah, I guess my my other problem is, is like, it's hard to take it seriously because the characters in game aren't even taking it seriously. I mean, we stopped everything to have, yeah, we stopped everything to have a fucking Olympics in the middle of everything. I mean, like, again, I just, I find, Mm -hmm. for me, the gravitas is just not there for this whole threat. Like, I'm more concerned about the oncoming Doritos than I am about this. And the only reason I'm more concerned about that, right, right, but but, I mean, the only thing, the only reason I feel that, that, um, that gravitas is because Tension. the characters like Rasputin is freaking out. 
about those things. And Anna is freaking out about those things. You know, they're all there's they're they're actually concerned and they're actually doing stuff to prevent it. Rasputin is doing jack shit about the Almighty. Everything that we've done so far has not, I mean, really, honestly, the Almighty thing, I know that that was a huge story hook at the beginning of the campaign or the season, but other than that one big thing, it's never been mentioned. Everything else has been about the the oncoming darkness. Well, that's the reason why Anna's going out and doing the... uh, turning on all the different bunkers and stuff it was to help set up but remember also anna was on the almighty at the beginning anna was part of the the almighty storyline too and that's that's where like i'm I'm saying the almighty story is still there it's just not being delivered in a way that seems to make it seem more serious right yes yeah that yes exactly that's yeah I think we can all agree that we're, the story was not super super great this season. <laughs> and I don't I, I don't mean, know and see I disagree with that. Like know, I don't have a problem with good the massive bad the, parts. Yeah, but know. that's I mean take your pick of seasons is going to be the same statement. I don't I don't have as huge I don't have a huge problem with like the overall story of the season. I mean actually for the most part I've actually really appreciated the story because it's clarified quite a bit. Um Well, yeah. But uh, winter. <clears throat> right, yeah. I mean, that's did why it I'm like clarifying though. Yes, like yes. Oh, it did. It okay. answered. It answered so right. many questions, and it, it yeah. made it made so many things that have happened in in our own experience with Destiny so much clearer as to why they happened. And mm-hmm. so, by all means, this is I don't, I don't know. Like I don't get the whole this is the worst season ever. I'm like, eh, you're full of shit." Like, I'm sorry, but no, it's not. It's not the worst season ever. Um, you know, we played through the worst season ever. Yeah, so. the vanilla season was the worst season ever and that's because it's a game that needs to develop. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if we're going to if we're going to call a spade that, a spade, call a spade a spade. Well, here's the thing that I want to remind people of is that the video game industry only has so much bandwidth per season. Mm -hmm. And in order to have bright points and great releases, they have to have weaker points. And this is Mm -hmm. one of those weaker points. And that's okay. That's totally fine. Exactly. That's okay. Because that means the thing that is going to come up is going to have a lot more time put into it, a lot more resources Mm -hmm. put into it, and it's going to be a lot bigger and better than what we got this season. So you have to understand that it goes in waves you have to realize that and it is okay to step away for dust from Mm -hmm. destiny yeah for a week for a month for even a season if you need to and then come back it's absolutely okay and you should do that Mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean that's what i've done that i mean i we we do a podcast on the story of destiny and i took the entirety of rise of iron in the middle of our podcast i was still doing podcasts on that but I didn't play Destiny mm-hmm. for that entire season or entire whatever DLC at the time. Year. Expansion. Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't a full year, but I mean, yeah, whatever. But like, because, because of exactly what you're saying, Green, it's, it's to me, taking a break from a video game doesn't mean I don't like it. I just, I just need a break. Like, all right, cool. Right. Um, it, but it's I, I think to be that's entertainment. It's not a full time job. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless no, it is. No, it's not. Then, that's That's a different story right but yeah i mean i i i don't know like i i think that 
as far as like expectations for season 11, um, you know, I, I hope I'm looking forward to the clarifications that are going to come. I know a lot of people like ragging on, uh, Bungie for writing stories the way they do with a lot of loose ends. Uh, to be honest, that's why I love Bungie's stories is because of the loose ends, because that keeps, um, theory crafting alive. And it encourages people to think outside the box of where directions are going to go. But Mm -hmm. I also do agree that every now and then it is nice to have some of those threads, you know, tied up um, and and brought back into and closed as much as it as much as it is painful to have some of the stories closed, you know, and finished. Um, Like the whole thing with Felwinter, I think, is an excellent example of a beautiful way to clarify a story without fully closing it. Cause I mean, there's still a lot of loose threads with that story. So as far as like, you know, future developments and stuff like that, I mean, take your pick. I I like how they keep pulling in random characters that we've heard of in the war and expanding on them. Like there are so many exos that they can do a similar thing with, with what they did with Felwinter. You know, you have, you know, Micah 10, you have um, uh, Ash Raven, you know, all these other characters that we know of, but we haven't actually seen. Uh, Lee 4 is the other one that comes to mind. Um, we have names and we know that they're exos and we know that they were important, but we don't know why they were important. Um, you know, Micah 10 is the den mother of ghosts. Her entire story is revolved around the the escorting of ghosts around so that they can find other guardians. And then she has this giant beef with Cyril, who is a guardian who is resurrected and then literally went insane and became obsessed with kill, hunting down and killing ghosts and wearing them as a bandolier. So like there's this like giant light dark side conflict going on with that story but we don't know anything about it like that that story alone to me has a huge potential if you want to start talking about guardians doing light and dark choices those are two prime examples that you could pull in um you know lee four was with the the coyotes he's a sharpshooter you know a great example of another one that we know was important but mm, don't know much about well that's a lot I'm glad we now, got you talking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, now for me, like, it's it's a lot of hopeful stuff. I noticed that this past year we've gotten quite a bit of um, lore about certain small events during the collapse. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've gotten stuff on the Black Armory. That happened during the collapse. Uh, we've gotten Kraken Mare. A little bit of constellations here. You know, I would love to see them bring in a lot more about our collapse and relate it back to the whirlwind as a preparation for the pyramid ships coming. I mean, that's kind of what a lot of this old stories that have been coming out have hinted at. They've hinted at, I mean, all the way back to Black Armory, we had a resurgence of uh, interest in the Black Armory because of the audio file that Bungie dropped the other day that accidentally got leaked on uh, one of the 
other countries, Twitters, I can't remember which one it was, but Bungie took it. Yeah, they they took it down and they put it up on the official Destiny of the Game, and the audio file for that was described as having like this wet earth grinding sound, right? So there was a new interest in the old Black Armory card, the one with uh, mm-hmm. 70, 71, and 72, because of the description of the creature that shows up outside of the Black Armory base and basically breaks its way into it. The sound of a wet earth is described there as well. So we have tidbits that are coming back into play of the collapse at the time, because I mean, we've discussed this before. The collapse took years. It wasn't just a single event. It wasn't just a day right. or an mm-hmm. hour. So, and like, I, I what a beautiful way of of bringing in like the comparison t- for for our collapse and the whirlwind, then to dive into the Elixni Civil War. It would be interesting. Um, there's lots of opportunities they would have if this is a secondary collapse. And say, for instance, we team up with Mithrax again and learn more about the fallen history and learn through them what happened with their collapse. Because the collapse that happened on Earth is not necessarily remembered in comparison to what they may remember for the whirlwind. Right. So, like, that's what I'm hoping for. Whether it be nice. comes to fruition or not, whatever. It'd be nice. I wish I could hear the sound that everyone is talking about. Like, it's literally, like, outside of my range of hearing. I can't same. hear it. Actually, I don't same know here. what you guys are I've talking watched about. That thing. I've watched that thing so many times. We talked about that last night. <laughs> I'm like, I don't hear mm-hmm. anything. Like, I literally, I can't I, hear anything. Yeah. I'm too deaf to hear it, and, and I'm just like, that's just a part of life, so I will trust you guys that um, that it sounds cool. I'll take your word for it, but I cannot hear it, so. I Hello. think half of the fun about that soundbite is the fact that it is in the shape of a pyramid. There are, I, like, little yeah. pyramids, and mm-hmm. big, you could see the waveform, yeah. which, that's kind of cool. I did look at the waveform and enjoyed it, yeah. But, but it sounds like, if I were to describe it, there's the sound of wind, but there's also the slight metallic sound in the background as if, if you're a musician, as if they were playing a sheet metal with a bowstring oh. or like using a bow mm-hmm. from the, uh, like a violin or something against that. And it's being, there's also like a little bit of percussiveness that is happening in it. And a lot of ambient type noises added in. That's the best way I could describe it for others. Okay, so like a like a whiny sound mm-hmm. with like Little... stuff. Yeah, it's okay. not super high pitched or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it's definitely things that would be in a horror film mm-hmm. yeah. if you were watching that. Okay. Like, it had a very ominous feeling mm-hmm. that it kind of imbued. All right. So just, all right. I'll, I wished, I'll wish I could hear it. So, cool. All right. 
<laughs> it's fine. We should actually like do the episode. We've been talking for like so long and we have not done the episode yet. So we should do that. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's like, do we have to? I mean, no, we don't, but that's why we're here. But we should. <laughs> so um, if you did not listen to last week's episode, Constellations Part 1, what are you doing here? Go listen to the episode first and then come back. It'll be fine. It's a fun episode. We talked about pussy guns. So you know what? Go enjoy it. Pussy on um, B. God. So, um, every entry in Constellations is from a speaker, but not our speaker, because there were many speakers. Um, it was obtained by completing runs in the Sundial. Uh, you can no longer get this, obviously, because the Sundial is no longer with us. It has moved on to a uh, new, the, the farm up north. The Sundial it's, was sunset? It, yeah, the Sundial was sunsetted. Wow. <laughs> It got cloudy and we threw it away because the time was wrong. Uh, For the first half of the book, uh, like I said, go back and listen to episode 71. And I will leave it for Blue to read our first entry. Mm -hmm. So this one is singing. Uh, I believe it is actually the fifth entry, if I remember that. One, two, three. Yeah, fifth entry. And that says, I am the first speaker to never dream. At least I think that's true. In the days following the collapse, any speakers who survived were scattered to the wind, traveling with groups of refugees across the ruined wasteland that Earth became. Aside from the man who taught me, I've never met another speaker in my life. For all I know, I'm the last one alive. Before the collapse, speakers were chosen for their ability to hear the traveler through detailed lucid dreams. Since the dreams have stopped, there are other signs. Ghosts follow us. When we do dream, we see a strange and blinding white light. We are prone to headaches. My mentor couldn't teach me how to interpret dreams, so he taught me in hypotheticals. I had to imagine what the dreams might be like. I had to speculate why the traveler might come back to us and when. Like all speakers, I memorized the four tenets. The traveler is good. The traveler is sentient. The traveler will save us. The traveler will leave us. Sometimes I worry the traveler has already left us. My mentor died of a wasting sickness two years ago, and I've tried to live as his replacement. But where he was a living memory of when the Traveler was awake, I only have his memories secondhand, imperfectly understood. I can't give answers. I can't make the Traveler speak. Or at least, I couldn't. For weeks I have worked in secret on a project, gathering scrap metal and old broken things left over from the time before. I've cobbled it together, tinkered with a mix of strange and half-understood technology, tried to calibrate it to my needs. A long time ago, long before the collapse, astrophysicists recorded sounds from the planets in our solar system and turned them into music. They translated plasma waves and radio emissions into eerie, musical rumbles, roars, whistles, and hisses. The Traveler makes sounds, too. Speakers have listened to its music for many years in the form of dreams. Carefully, lovingly, I build a mask. An amplifier. No one knows about it but me. I won't get their hopes up, even though mine are sky high as I put the finishing touches on it. It's not beautiful, like our old technology was. It's scuffed and bent and rusted, like everything we own now. But if I'm right, if I can do this, it will do beautiful things. I can't bear to fail. I've failed at everything else so far. 
When I'm finished, I wear the mask. Pieces of it not sanded down are rough and sharp against my face, but I dream for the first time in my life. I have cried out unheard for so long that my voice is raw. I love this moment. It's one of those things that you see those post-apocalyptic stories and you see the one person who is tinkering and trying to figure out a way to build a tool, right? And that's what this is. He's building this mask. And we find out not only in this book that this speaker is the first speaker to create a mask, an amplifier mask, which is why our speaker has a mask as well. It's not the same mask, no, but it is a mask of similar technology, maybe more refined over years. But we find out that they need to have this mask, that it is at this point required because the traveler is unable to communicate with them very clearly because the it needs to be amplified. It's so quiet, which makes you wonder back when the golden age was happening and the traveler was there and speakers were plentiful, how loud, how intense the frequency was released from the traveler itself. There is also a call out in this card about how the music of the spheres, the, the, uh, Where's the paragraph? The paragraph that talks about astrophysicists recording sounds from the planets of our solar system and turn them into music. That is part of the music of the spheres continued and the the philosophy tied into that and the idea that the traveler itself has its own music that it releases to us and that speakers have been able to interpret it as dreams this whole time, but that music has been essentially turned down to the point we were talking earlier in the episode of how Orchid can't hear the the uh, audio clip that D- Bungie put out. True. This is the same thing with the speaker. The speaker just can't hear the frequency because it's not loud enough. It's not amplified enough for him to. So he creates this rusted, s- slightly sharp, pointing into his face a little bit mask to help him hear it. He's teaching himself how to create it. So, Orchid, we need to make you a mask. I was just going to say, um, this is confirmed. <laughs> Orchid is the speaker, right? I just need to like put a garbage can <laughs> on my head so I can hear the traveler speak. Um, I think there's a few people that we know that can make a mask for you. I don't know if it would be a garbage can. But... Can it be a sexy mask? I would wear a sexy mask literally all the time what <laughs> constitutes a sexy mask i don't know but something that mask? hides my f- that's sexy um i would Is wear it? that yeah i would it's, wear it's that horny. all the time it pff, god damn it <laughs> i mean you could have a cade mask and it would also be horny there's I so many be. different horned masks in this game yeah 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 that's true Oh, God. Um, so many. The one thing I wanted to point out, if you actually read this entry, you'll find that the very last line, I have cried out unheard for so long that my voice is raw, is actually from the Traveler. It's got that double pipe at the beginning and end of the, the line. Uh, but because this is an audio format, it's kind of hard to translate that. Mm-hmm. Blue, do you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, we have confirmation that there were multiple speakers. 
So and that they're scattered, and that there well, was a just, mentor system. I mean, system. it's just more importantly, it's the fact that we have confirmation in lore now that there are more than just one speaker. I know that has been a, a common statement out there, but this this entry actually flat out confirms that. Um, other than cool. that, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, the mask was the other thing. Um, yeah, that was my only my only notes on that one. And the fact that ghosts follow them. Right, yeah. Ghosts are drawn to them. That's, that, that was one theory that I, I was so hoping that would have been um, actually expanded on in-game. When we brought Saint-14 back, like, he was training with our speaker to become the next speaker. Well, our speaker, yeah, the last city, the speaker of the last city wanted, he was thinking that Saint-14 would be a good candidate, yeah. Right. And that's why I was hoping that once we brought him back, you would see, like, all these ghosts start gravitating towards him in the tower. Well, that's also why there was that that perspective of everyone wondering if a guardian can be a speaker, right? Like, we don't necessarily have well, an example of a guardian Micah, being a speaker. Micah 10, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is that this this book, and I think we kind of talked about this in the earlier, earlier episode, this book kind of softly confirms that speakers are not risen. They are mortals who have been able to listen, they have been able to pick up on the signals from the traveler whether that is from a conscious decision on the traveler's part which it seemed like before the collapse that was or you know as we see here the device of the mask okay should we move on to building i think we should yeah awesome all right building you are the last remaining star in your dreams, you see yourself suspended in bright but flickering light, staring out over a world half-destroyed. You see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world, stumbling through it like infants, wandering in a labyrinthine ruins they don't understand. For a moment, you feel in your body everything that they feel, the elation of success, the pain of failure, the candle snuff of death, the gasping of rebirth. You feel it all at once. I am the last speaker. I am the child of two self-exiles, and I live in a settlement in the shadow of a looming mountain. There are about three hundred of us, and we've lived here for nearly seven years. When we first arrived, we were under the jurisdiction of a warlord named Cathal. He offered us protection for a high price, requisitioning a third of our supplies and conscripting nearly half of our people to his cause. The actual protection that he provided was limited. The warlords used our valley like a battlefield, crashing through like giants who couldn't see the lives they were ending. But they could. They saw us. They just didn't care. The Iron Lords drove Cathal out nearly a year ago, and we've lived in comfortable independence since then, with little oversight from our risen saviors. Our people voted for that. The Iron Lords saved us, but they would be no different from the warlords if they also wished to rule us. Now I sit in negotiations with them, with one of them, a woman named Lady Ephrodite. 
You're free to decide either way, she says. But if you say yes, you'll have an armed escort. Three other people sit with me, our elected mayor, our most experienced physician, and our oldest resident. We are the people our settlement chooses to chose as representation. Beside me, a silver ghost spins his shell, floating at my shoulder, watching Ephrodite. He followed me for over a year now, and still hasn't found his chosen. He's good company. I have given so much of myself already, but I give more. I become a beacon. I call my children home. A consolidated population like that, all in one place, our mayor says. She sounds weary. She's been in her position for nearly sixty years. It would draw warlords to us like flies. Don't worry about warlords, Aphrodite says with cool assurance of someone who only half understands our worry to begin with. Their days are numbered. Their way of life is incompatible with the Iron Decree, and so... She shrugs. Her nonchalance is unrelatable, but I think I trust her. I trust the Iron Lords. They've given us little reason to doubt them. How would the city be governed? I ask. Ephrodite shrugs again. That seems like the kind of thing you put to a vote. She taps her fingers on the table, impatient, but only a little. We'll just build the place and bring people there. We can defend the walls, but we're not going to dictate what happens inside them. This is a joint venture, a collaboration. My companions exchange looks, considering. Ephrodite watches us like most of the risen. She tries to look impassive, unaffected. But if you listen closely, she's trying to convince us. She wants this. Listen, she says. Risen and non-risen have lived in their separate corners for way too long. We're all people. That's all the Iron Lords are trying to say. We should live together. She pauses. There are things we can teach each other. Two weeks later, once we've packed up everything we can carry, we leave for the place where we've built the last safe city of Earth. I wish for something to grow in my shadow. I love Ephrodite in this. But, like, I love mm-hmm. Ephrodite as a character. She is such a joy to read. Um, Eph- You also get her ability to negotiate through this. Oh, yeah. Like, she's good at negotiating. She's good at bar brawls. Yeah. So, this little settlement of, of 300 people were living in the shadow of a looming mountain. And they're talking mm-hmm. about building the city. Mm-hmm. When I first initially read this, I, th- I thought it was talking about Fellwinter's Peak. Mm-mm. But no, it's it's talking about the city and the mountains that are surrounding that. Well, is correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Fellwinter's Peak actually fairly close to the city? Like it's not just over the hill or anything like that, but it's not that far from the city. It could be. Uh, honestly, I I would have to go back to D1 and hunt the skybox to see if I could see the 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 actual city. Well, um, if I remember right, Vostok Observatory was, I think it's across the pond. Because isn't it right? Is it, is it, it isn't it right by the Plaguelands? 
I, don't I know. know that they can access the plague lands, but right because the plague so can lands we through the Cosmodrone, right, which is in Russia. Because the Cosmodrone was near, right, which the city is not that far from. No, the city's in South America. No, it's not. And okay, this is why. Okay, <laughs> this is why I'm saying there is no certainty. <laughs> I, Everdeet is just like such a low key badass. And like you said, it's like such a joy to get anything from her that I'm always super stoked whenever she like pops up in anything. I don't know. I'm like a bit of a fangirl. It's fine. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad you're a fangirl, also, Alamis. So glad you admitted to that finally. <laughs> um I'm trying to think about okay so the the last city I'm just I'm sorry I'm stuck on the location of the last city the last city falls during the red war we walk to the farm no which is we get on a jump ship to the farm we don't we don't achieve yeah. a, we don't achieve the farm until we get on a jump ship and it's called out that the farm right, which is, is in the, which is in the EDZ area. Yep, European Dead Zone, which is called which is called out as being across the pond. Across and the we ocean. end up walking for like what one or two weeks. Well, but again, Before we don't get bound. to the farm. Yeah, we don't get to the farm until we get in a jump ship. We yeah. get we have to have the jump ship to get to the farm, which is called out as being across the ocean. I still don't remember where you got the South America aspect from. Uh, that is like, from a while back. Someone took the skybox imagery of the far of the last city and the the towers, and did a cross collection of there was there was a huge thing over in Raid Secrets, but basically it's like I think they hunted it down to about twenty nine degrees south latitude in the South America in South America, which would be around where that's Chile. That's assuming. That's assuming that the artist actually correct. specifically did that. Yes, that is correct. And I don't there think is they also did. there's also the fact that all they looked at like Raid Secrets has a huge post on it, but they also looked at like the foliage that is meant, that is shown in the boxes, which is like a specific tree that is um, there. There is also the call out of uh, when the oh god who was it? It was. One of the guardians that we was it it wasn't Fellwinter it was um ah, I just blanked on the guardian but there was a guardian who was resurrected within the Pacific Northwest and journeyed down into South America to find the last city um and I just completely blanked on the name um I can go back and hunt for it but there's there's a story of the Pacific Northwest being a place the Puget Sound was where they were resurrected they walked down uh, Puget Sound. uh they walked down through central america and that's where they found the city so i mean there's it's kind of in my opinion been softly confirmed that it's in the americas somewhere which would put it across the ocean from the cosmodrome which we know is in the russian area and then, and then the European or the European dead zone is obviously in Europe, uh, for Trossland and stuff like that. Well, sure. Really, I thought Africa. Sure. Uh, well, you know, they could pull a fast <laughs> one on us, but 
<laughs> um, but there's also like I went and found the thread that you were talking about, and they specifically talk about how um, there was also stories about Amanda and her family yep. mm-hmm. crossing deserts in order to find it. So it has to be in in one of the Americas or Africa. Yeah. Yeah, because there's Guys, no... I'd hate to say it, but there are deserts in Russia. Just going to throw that out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are deserts in Russia. not called deserts. Right. Yeah. But, I mean... It, I think the ultimate thing is it is a soft confirmation, not a solid confirmation. And we don't have a ton of information besides the assimilating of a lot of extra, uh, ex, uh, extra information. Yeah. Thank you for that word. That is You're the welcome. one I was looking for. The That... <laughs> Raid secret, raid secrets put together a soft confirmation in lore. There's not a ton of hard confirmation to say that it is a hundred percent there. I I just want to just not necessarily saying one is wrong, one is right. There's none of that. It is just it is a difficult thing to put the absolute location down as fact yet because right. it is not confirmed. Well, and and as anybody who actually listens to this can find out, like. There's still, like, we're still trying to figure it out and still debating about it. Yeah. I'm just going to wait until they tell us and say, yeah, it's in the fucking Andes or it's in Chile. Like, you know, tell me that. You do have call outs in in the colony and the colony lore tab talks about a Mexican snake. And then um, I believe it's Oren also cites, uh, Oren is noted as stating something about a Mexican location as well. There, there's a lot of, there's Until a lot of points. literally tell me, then I'm not going to believe anything anyone says. Because Raid Secrets loves to just like, they're the fucking sleuths of the Destiny universe and they just pull a bunch of shit out of their butts. So I love Raid Secrets. I do. I follow a bunch of stuff that they do, but that's just me. Oh, yeah. So, should I continue on? Yes. Thank you, Blue. I appreciate you. We all do. I'll be covering growing. You're waiting for something to happen. You are suspended and weightless, but so heavy in your heart. You have a child's voice, quiet, easily lost in a crowd. You try to shout and be heard, but there is only one little star in a sea of thousands that can hear you. It only understands a fraction of your words, but it tries, and that has to be enough. Life goes on beyond your control, as it always has. That is the curse of your creation. The things you build are not your own. And then another star blinks into existence. I am the last speaker, and I sit at a table with the vanguard while the city around us fights over nothing. We built this city to find some kind of unity, Tallulah says. She has her hands on the table and is leaning forward like she might jump over it. We are breaking apart from the inside. Silence falls over the room. I am trying to think. What does the traveler say? 
St. Fourteen asks quietly. Everyone looks at me. I breathe in through my nose, breathe out slowly. About the factions? I ask. Or about people killing each other in our streets? This is not what the Traveler wanted. That much I can tell you. That was the direct result of creating us, Osiris says, leaning back in his seat. He is stone-faced, as always. Violence. Does the Traveler truly know what it wants? I try to hide my frustration, and I'm glad my face is hidden by my mask. The truth is, I cannot say for certain what the Traveler wants, or whether it knows what it wants. The Traveler does not speak to me in words, but in dreams. Dream language is cramped. The messages come from the Traveler, disintegrate on the way to me, and reform into something else. I am an interpreter more than a speaker. But uncertainty has been the death of us before. And it will be again if we are not vigilant. So what I say is, the Traveler has always wanted to protect humanity, on its own or through Guardians. We need to enact that will. With all due respect to both of you, Tallulah says, eyeing Osiris and me, this isn't about the Traveler. This is about what happens when people come together without anyone to really lead them. She taps her foot. She's nervous. Unusual for Tallulah. Let this go on a little longer, and this is the same as the Dark Age. It's just warlords, packed into a tighter pen. A body of representatives would help, St. Fourteen says. Something to allow all sides to be heard. Every side has a voice, but not all voices should be given the same weight, I say, shaking my head. Some of these ideas are dangerous. We should determine which factions can continue to exist and give them an official channel through which to air their grievances and pursue their needs. Which ideas are dangerous, speaker? Osiris asks. He is watching me, steadily. And who decides that? This is not a fight, St. Fourteen says. We have enough of those ahead of us. We will hear from each of the factions, I say, ignoring it, Osiris. Some decision is better than no decision. Give them the opportunity to plead their case, save for those who have resorted to outright violence. Well, then we've got to get rid of the Echelon South, for one. Tallulah lists, counting on her fingers. And those binary star idiots, too. Trinary? Binary? Whatever. Anyway, there are plenty of fingers pointed at this new group, too. Monarchy something. If anyone can prove the rumors, we exile their leaders. I say, holding up my hand. The factions that stay will argue their case. Of those that have a valuable viewpoint to bring to the governance of the city, we create a council. This sets a dangerous precedent, Speaker, 
Osiris says. We will have this argument again later. I can already tell. I hope you're prepared to walk this slope. We vote. Osiris is the only no. Then, after an inquiry into the violence, we form the consensus. So I really just kind of like this entire card, not simply because we get kind of an idea of how the Vanguard operates, but because we actually get an idea of how the consensus was formed and it gives us a history of the actual city. And I, I'm i like, I kind of nerd out with a little stuff like, well, how do they actually govern things? Like, how do they come to decisions? How do they do X, Y, and Z? You know, like, how was the city formed in the first place? I love little things like that. Um, I think it's more important than like individual stories of characters, I should say, like in Destiny itself. Because it gives more flavor to the actual, like... The society. I don't know. Yeah. And I think the society is uh, what shapes a lot of the Guardians. And um, I, I don't know. I think for the story itself, I think it's more important. But I don't really have anything to say. I just like the idea of them giving us, like, it, how things were formed and how things were created. And... The fact that they're saying, oh, like, this monarchy something, whatever. And so all of us are like, oh, yeah, you mean a new monarchy? Those guys that hang out with, like, the jazzy red outfits? Like, you know. The best red outfits. Stuff like that. I have nothing, like, useful to say. That's all I have. Sorry. I mean, Tallulah is one of the vanguards at the time, which is a nice, it's nice to actually see information from her in this card because we i don't know how much have we actually heard from her directly at this point not much yeah only a handful of entries because um, i know that there's this one there's something from the uh the great ahamkara hunt which is mm-hmm. how she died mm-hmm and there's I also think the, we might have a sparrow. Uh, well, there's also the conversation between her and Marcus. Marcus Wren, yeah. Fucking Marcus. I mean, this is a pretty straightforward one. Is there anything else in it besides the establishment of the consensus and how everybody's trying to work together to create something greater than what they are? Bumbling together? Um, there's a, there's like a confirmation that the speaker is not necessarily, like, I know everyone loves bagging on the speaker for being manipulative and stuff like that. And he kind of is, but there's also like a call out here that he is in a way trying the best he can with interpreting these really weird ass dreams that he keeps getting from this, from the traveler. Like, mm-hmm. I think was it? it's dream language is cramped. And, like, he explains, like, the translation of those dreams, which anyone who's ever looked at, like, dream analysis understands this is, like, a shot in the dark, really. Um, But on top of that, I also really appreciate the very, very small in-game nod to the entire annoying problem of the binary Starkhold. Because way back in Destiny 1, they were not called the binary Starkhold, they were called the trinary Starkhold. (laughs) 
and it was really confusing because we didn't understand what was going on. And so like this nod here is just like, it's just kind of like Tallulah just kind of being like, oh, those idiots, they don't even know what to call themselves. It's like, oh, okay, so they are actually the same group. <laughs> They're just changing their name. They're those kind of people that change their, their name or their status like every week. Possibly. Or at least that's how it seemed to me. I thought the dream was kind of interesting, but like from a storytelling standpoint, you can read into it so many different ways. But there is only one little star in a sea of thousands that can hear you. And then another star blinks into existence. And this is happening at the time of the faction wars. But like, do we actually know if if the dreams are actually happening at this, the same chronological time as the uh, rest of the entry? I've always interpreted these double pipe moments, these dreams that are happening as interruptions in the speaker's thoughts, especially because of one of the cards we read in part one of Constellations, where the traveler is screaming to run to get out of there. Um, I believe that's like the second entry of the whole book. And I always, those dreams and specifically i say are interruptions but i don't see any double pipes in this one so his dreams may not be in the moment with this more of remembrance of the dreams because like if you take this as him writing in a journal then it would be happening at that point but i could see people also taking it and creating their their own like little mini book of just the dreams and then the rest of it i could see that so then it 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 throws all kinds of different possibilities for theory crafting because you know and then another star blinks into existence you know that could either be another speaker was born somebody just you know discovered that they could hear the the traveler or it could be a saving saint or it could be a guardian becoming risen for the first time right i mean there's lots of different interpretations of that one line and that's the beauty of the card like this as well as the frustration <laughs> exactly all right, should we move on to, is this the last card? Second to last card. Second to last. Woohoo. All right. This card is called Searching. Somewhere, the other tiny star is calling out. You try to answer, but it cannot hear you. Not without help. You want to help. But you are paralyzed. Your limbs are crushed and your heart beats so slowly. You've never known weakness so intimately as you do now. You can only wait. I am the last speaker, but I have been searching for the next. 
I stand on the balcony of my small apartment with Lady Ephrodite, who wishes to leave the last safe city of Earth. I suppose I can't convince you to stay. Ephrodite stands with her arms crossed, looking out over the city. No, she says. And you certainly don't need to ask permission. She laughs just a little. <laughs> no. She leans out over the balcony railing, looking down. Guardians have no fear of heights. She would probably happily hang over the rail by her ankles if the mood struck her. But I was thinking about what you said before. She turns to look at me, but the featureless mask serves me once more, betraying nothing. About finding the next speaker. Oh. I've been waiting for decades for someone to come to me to tell me their child is having strange, blinding dreams and headaches. To see a guardian stroll through the tower flocked by unpaired ghosts. I've interviewed hundreds of people via long-distance comms. I've consulted the Traveler. I've walked daily among the crowds of civilians and guardians at the entrance of the city. And still, I've found no one I can hand down my mask to. Before Saint-14 left for Mercury, I'd thought that maybe he could take my place. That I might be able to teach him. That's not the way it's usually done, but he has such a gentle heart. He has the right temperament. Sometimes I think he's better suited to it than I am. But he hasn't come back. I clear my throat. <clears throat> yes, I say, right, I still haven't found them. But I know they're out there. Well, Ephrodite says, I'm going out there. I can look. It's a good offer, but I'm still waiting for him to come back all the same. That's why you want to leave the city? I ask instead of condoning the proposal. You're the one who convinced me to come here. I'm glad I did, she says, lifting her chin. But no, that's not it. There's something about this life that isn't working for me. Seems to me that a guardian should have more ways of marking this world than with a gun. That's not how I think of you. She pauses, then leans on the railing. Sure she says, but it's stuck in my muscle memory all the same. Hundreds of years of pointing and shooting. Speaker. She shakes her head. I don't know what it is yet, but I want to find a different way. This conversation feels so familiar. I was so young the last time we had it. I understand, I say, softer now. That's a noble cause. She shrugs. And maybe I come back with a little baby speaker. She doesn't say it, but the if I come back at all hangs in the air between us. I would appreciate your help, I say finally. I can't wear this mask forever. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the only thing that I would call out here is that the very beginning, it kind of points to that tiny star that has been commented on a couple times is actually someone who is able to communicate with a traveler. Um, so I would say that it's probably not in just like a a guardian i know a lot of people have started thinking and theorizing that that other star is our character um because of the visions that we have had twice now mm -hmm. where we communicate with the traveler or the traveler communicates with us um but I, I think that's the only other thing. That's really the only thing here. I mean, other than the fact that this is the beginning <clears throat> of Ephrodite's kind of evolution, I guess, of her character from the 
base, you know, fighter that she was into something that's more of a pacifist that she becomes before we actually encounter her in game with uh, the Rise of Iron DLC. The only way that I see this actually being our guardian, you know, being the the little star, is if the first part of the entry actually is its own separate entity um, and unrelated to the rest of the entry. Um, and that's just because if this actually is like the speaker writing down in a journal what he dreamt and then what he did during the day like it just doesn't fit time wise because this is shortly after well like so this is after Saint just disappeared but it's before Efferty left the city and Saladin had no clue that she was still alive when Rise of Iron came up. So I just... I just don't see it being our guardian. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree, but from just like a... (laughs) Just a story point, I don't think... Yet, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. They haven't put the pieces together that could make it make sense because we've had plenty of things that it would not make sense with the information we have at the time but they've added things in for it to make sense Felwinter's lie is a great example of it um just information that we had before that they pulled specific strings in the story that we have at had at the moment in d1 and made them fit into a larger narrative in d2 that's just how Bungie works so there's always a possibility, but maybe not a likely possibility. One thing I want to point out is any time any of these entries pass building, building, uh, growing, searching, and suffering, the later one, these are all the same speaker. These are all our speaker. I figured it was our speaker just because it said that it was the last speaker. Mm-hmm. And he was the last speaker. Mm-hmm. That was like, yeah. pretty clear. It's just important to call out because it's so easy to see all the opening entries as different speakers, and they are very likely all very different speakers, but this, these last four cards don't follow that same pattern. It is just one. All right, you want, you want to close it out? Talk about some suffering? Let's do it. Let's do it. Something terrible is going to happen. In this dream, a horrible, brutal hand stretches towards you. But it is not the old enemy you know. This is something new. Something that hopes to use you more than it hopes to destroy you. But it's willing to settle for either. The cage is worse than paralysis of silence. It is worse than the grasping tendrils of dark. It is too tangible. It is too unfamiliar. This is not why you came here. This is not what you deserve. The fear is enough to make you want to leave. I am the last speaker. I dream that the traveler will leave us. It shouldn't be a surprise. The truth has been passed down from speaker to speaker for generations. The traveler is good. The traveler is sentient. The traveler will save us. 
and the Traveler will leave us. For many, many years, I believe that the prophecy of the Traveler's departure was misinterpreted and fulfilled instead of by its silence after the collapse. I stopped preaching that final tenet. It only served to frighten people. My dreams, which have always been infrequent and fleeting, come more regularly. They are more confusing than ever, more disruptive. I once so rarely dreamed while awake, but now it happens all the time. I am silent again. I am gone. I leave behind a yawning void. My dreams forecast a terrible future, a future without the Traveler's Light. I see them all falling, guardians and lightless alike, toppled by the Traveler's absence. I don't understand why it happens, and I don't know when, but I know it is coming. The details almost don't matter. I've lived my whole life bringing people into the light of the Traveler. I've made promises and assurances all based on faith. I've crushed doubt down into myself as far as it will go, made myself sick with it, because doubt is better left unspoken. I do not recognize my world. I want to flee. It's an easy decision in the end. I tell no one. Until I can understand better what's coming, sharing this information would only be dangerous. It would create panic. A mass exodus from the city. Maybe this system, if Dead Orbit has a say in it. There will be fear and anger and violence, all based on a dream I can't explain or verify with proof. If I can understand this better, if I can make sense of it, then I can fix it. Surely. So, I go on as if nothing has happened. I attend consensus meetings. I discuss hidden intelligence with Ikora. I receive reports and news from our scouts outside the city, and I consult with Zavala. People come to me with questions, as always. They ask how to cope with loss and change and fear, all daily realities of this life. They ask how to cope with doubt. I lie through my teeth and tell them to trust in the Traveler. Empty, empty, empty. The dreams continue. The headaches get worse. But I believe so strongly that this knowledge would destroy our way of life, and I hold to it so tightly that it poisons me. It's all for nothing. I'm in my apartment when I hear the first ground-shaking explosion, and I go outside to see what's happened. I see the Red Legion fleet darkening our skies, and I realize I have made a terrible mistake. So there are three things I want to point out about this card. One, the Traveler saw the cage that Gaul would put around him. Two, the Traveler was not necessarily correct. He's not a fortune teller to say how things will turn out because of our paracausality. It can see into the future until guardians or anything paracausal can affect it. But it was in some ways wrong about a lot of it. Yes, Guardians died in Lightness, Lightless too, but the Traveler's fear prevented it from, in some ways from giving us more information beyond that, or it just couldn't see beyond that. It only saw up to the point of its enclosure. And three, the Speaker's hubris in this is a, not necessarily what causes us to be completely waylaid by the Red War, but it definitely contributed to it. Though I will give him credit that he is accurate, that if he came out and said what he was dreaming without oh, yeah. having an explanation, there would be mass panic. 
Oh, that's absolutely. the problem with any sort of profit, right? Like oh, yeah, a profit, oh, hundred percent. I mean, especially a a profit that is considered verified, right? They correct. are anything. Anytime they have something bad to say, it can cause mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. There's a reason that future telling was seen as a curse in ancient world. There's also a reason why Osiris doesn't actually give anything specific. Yeah. Yep. If Osiris is actually a quote unquote future teller in some ways. The other the other thing I was thinking while you were saying about the traveler scene, um, is possibly because it can only see up until it's entrapped. It, That's it, it one might, of the things that I think it is. Yeah, I think I think because it says I something about it, it like is... it was silence, right? We didn't I think mm-hmm. just got done reading, I can't even remember. Oh, the cage is worse mm-hmm. than the paralysis of silence. Right. I do think that it is very possible that even though the Traveler is paracausal in the way that it can perform, I don't think it is, uh, I always get these two mixed up, the omniscient, or om- um, where he can actually see the future. Omnipotent is all-powerful, omniscient is all-knowing. Yes. Okay, yeah, he's, so he's not omniscient. Or it is not omniscient in many ways. It it does see possibilities, but I don't think it absolutely knows the exact outcomes of things. I think there's still... I don't know if it's paracausality that causes it to be stuttered and not be able to see past certain points, or if it is literally just the caging. But if, it's the, if that's the case, then the... It brings up the debate of the darkness coming the first time, or the collapse coming the first time, and the traveler unable to leave, and what causes it to stay. I mean, if the traveler knew that something was going to cause it to stay, why didn't it leave ahead of time? So, there's. I think that the traveler is more limited than we give it credit for. I honestly think, like, after you guys talked about Osiris. Osiris is just like the speaker, but with wall hacks. Honestly, like (laughs) he can, it's true. He can like see the future, but that's because he goes into his like fucking like machine of the future to see all possible outcomes and like sends his little copies, like searching for the future, Mm -hmm. which is not the way it should be done. But I mean, it's about as accurate as, the speaker getting visions from the traveler like there are a ways way to do it yeah so there are i think if they really don't find another speaker i don't think it's like the end of the world like they still have that ability to kind of see the future and he is cagey enough that he doesn't actually like like you said he like he has to be very kind of like hold what he sees like close to his chest because you know you don't want to be crazy but that's it <laughs> now it, i'm i'm actually going to steal something that blue had said in in chat for this the the traveler might have been limited because of the fear that it it felt it said right in there, the fear is enough to make you want to leave. But, mm-hmm. um, but up until it felt that fear or it started feeling that fear, 
you know, it, it was saying um, the cage is worse than the paralysis of silence. And this was something that I, I wanted to mention in the last card and totally forgot about it. Um, the dream itself reads like sleep paralysis. So I can see right. that. Mm -hmm. So like the traveler might still be aware of what's going on. It just can't leave. And then all of a sudden it's struck by this fear. It knows it can't leave. And like if something horrible is going to happen and I specifically see this event that's going to happen, but I can't leave like I'm going to be focusing on that event. I'm not going to be looking past the event saying, um, you know, oh, what's for dinner? You know, or what am I going to be doing at work tomorrow? Oh, it's, yeah. it's You're going focusing to be more on the impact. Exactly. And, like, I think that's the headspace that the Traveler was in at this point. Not to stir the pot for possible spin foil here, but that is a funny choice of words for the makes you want to leave aspect that the Traveler's kind of giving to us. Instead, of, it makes it sound like it thinks it still can leave, which wouldn't that be a trip? Instead of the Traveler actually being incapable of leaving, it's actually chosen to stay this whole time. That would be a very interesting twist in the story, in my opinion. It doesn't affect necessarily the outcome, but it does affect the perspective of what's going on with the Traveler. Don't think it's actually the case, but it's a fun piece of a thought game to go through. God damn it, Elamist. God. So Elamist put in chat, what happens when the bag of Doritos spills? Dust gets Blue everywhere. Answers. Dust ever. <laughs> Elamist, we're going to lose Ic-dices. our ball, question mark? Ictisus <laughs> teaches us a lot about how what dust happens. Oh, oh my Lord. fuck. <laughs> I thought you and said Dyson nine... teaches us what happens with dust, and I'm like, the vacuum cleaner? No, yeah. the, the foundry. That sucks Oh, that's up. Dido, sorry. Uh, Which is actually, cl- oh, never mind, that's a different channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. But no, so, it, like, what happens when... when the ships come like that would be we don't know that would be a a fun spin foil theory to start like rabbit holing down is the fact that like now the traveler's awake it's yes out of the cage what if it leaves because it senses all the doritos coming here's something that i want to make very clear this book only lasts up until the Red War. We have no future information. There's no. There's nothing that's going to tell us what's going to happen in story next, unfortunately. It does give us insight to what's happened in the past, but this is not going to help us too much with the Doritos itself. At this point, 
we have no speaker that we know of receiving dreams and visions about what's happening or what's coming with these ships. So I say anything can happen, and I think that's a smart choice on the writers to give us that ability. Yeah, our dreams, but our dreams only showed us the pyramid ships, not necessarily them. They showed us what happens when they get here. They showed us it turning on. It's just... But we also we also have I was I was meaning like our we've we have had communication for our guardian has had communication from the traveler because at multiple points because that was how we found the shard that's how the whole thing with the feathers on IO or was it right. yeah IO um, yeah, like there's was. been there's been communications sent to our guardians which it's like do we need I don't I don't know. Do we need a speaker yeah. to have those kind of things? Yeah. That's kind of where I'm that's where my head is, is like but I mean, technically speaker is just a term for a person who has the ability. So, I mean, in that way, you could make a passable argument that our guardian is a speaker. Um if your if your interpretation of the term speaker is literally just someone who passes the Can messages. Receive the messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then so could Ikora because she also has claimed that she's had dreams. I know she meditated. Did she actually have communication, though? I can't remember that part. Well, I don't know, but she has talked about, like, having visions before. And I don't know if that came from meditation or if that came just from her having visions. Yeah, because Osiris has a similar statement within the Constellations book. I'm... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm just thinking mentions. of like it. She mentioned it during Forsaken when we got our new supers. Right when we're doing the mission on Io, yeah. she okay. is mm-hmm. the one who guides us through it. Yeah, so that's that's at least my my only reference of her having or saying that she had visions. And so I don't know if it's actually from her because she does meditate a lot, especially on yeah. Io. But... She's she's got nothing else better to do over in her corner. Nope. Nope, she's not even yeah. not even giving a shit to do anymore. She just stands there. Standing meditations. It's a thing. Blue, I hate you and no. <laughs> Blue, he put it, no. He put in chat, this could also all be a fever dream. Yes, we could play the Matrix card in here. I mean, that's that's what Pokemon was. Oh yeah, my god, yes. I love that theory. Oh my god, that yes. I'm sorry, what? So Have you not no, heard wait, this? Wait, what? Oh, oh my oh, god. No! Oh, no! This oh, theory no, tell is me. amazing. I, what? Tell me! So, like, I need to know this right now. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, so in the very first episode of Pokemon, <laughs> Ash ends yes, up getting hit by thunder from, <laughs> you know, Pikachu. Uh-huh, I puts remember in, that. Puts him into a coma... The entire series is him in the coma, which is why he is still 10 years old after, what, 20 years? 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it also I love everything about this. Everything. And it and needs like to be all true. All the characters and everything are all, like, interacting with him in the coma. Like, Nurse Joy is the primary caregiver. <laughs> and there's, like, all the, all the Pokemon that he have are, like super powerful and no one understands why they're super powerful oh my it's because, god it's and because... why he's able to dodge everything 
It's because he's the Mary Sue of his own dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. He guys wall hacks. I love I love that theory. <laughs> it just and every time there's a new series or a new season, it just gets better. <laughs> right, right. Because he's still ten. <laughs> Fucker should be like thirty two at this point. At least Yu Gi Oh, I think aged a little yeah. bit. Uh, oh yeah, Digimon. I well, think they so, aged too. Yes, uh, Digimon. The entire first season actually takes place like a couple months mm-hmm. in the digital world, but in the real world, it's only like a week. Right. Because that that was even that was Avatar how... ages like and how then, is yeah. this overlooked? And then the second well, season, there was like a was three year age. There was a three year skip in the Guys, movies that the, just came they've out. They've never aged in The Simpsons, but it's been on for like twenty something years. Yeah, that's like, because The Simpsons is a hundred percent a fever dream. Yeah, yeah, but same thing. That's why they don't age. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Homer choked Bart a little too hard. <laughs> Homer, you know, Bart's in a coma, dreaming. Bart up got off all by of it. it, and he's just been trying to string himself up by his doorknob ever since, with his pants around his ankles, trying to get that sensation back. Eat my shorts. Literally. <laughs> oh, I love you, Blue. <laughs> I'm really good at the. I gift love game. you so much, man. Fuck. Now that we've completely derailed this podcast, um, final thoughts? Did you like this book? I like some of the answers it gave about what is a speaker? Were there more than one speaker? Where did they come from? How were they interpreted at first? Like, those answers are nice. I don't know how many extra questions we get on top of it. Oh, I, I don't know. I, there I, are some fun threads, but... Mm-hmm. There's a couple of big questions that I remember when we did this. Um, like mm-hmm. Wicked, Wicked's question about, does the Traveler pick a speaker for every species it encounters? Um, that was a fun, right. that was a fun like thought exercise. Rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured it did. Well, well and, like and I thought that, that was just like super straightforward. Yeah, of so like I think it's uh, Bastion it's talks the- about uh, a truth speaker from the Fallen, and so like it kind of, and then like the whole Fallen social archetype capturing them. The, well, the yeah, there's that capturing the speaker and asking what it says. Mm-hmm. So they they definitely have a concept of yes, it's communicating. But the other thing is, is like, if you look at, you know, the Fallen being the primary example that we have in game, but if you look at the, the, the remnants of the Fallen society that they have, they have a Kel and then they have the Archon and the Archon is a communicate is a, is a priest figure that communicates. And then the Servitor, they have a prime Servitor and like in the current environment, the Fallen, the Servitors create the ether that allows them to live, but they also there's also been a lot of people that point out that servitors look a lot like the traveler and so if you had this idea that you know and we knew that the archons and the kells were around during their golden age and so could the archons have been similar to our speakers 
And that was the large kind of type thing they're going is because that would make sense because then if the traveler leaves, they have to create the servitors to survive the the world that they experienced after the whirlwind. Um, and the archons are basically the mouthpieces of the servitors. They're the mechanics that keep up the servitors. And so that's why the triumvirate, if you will, of the fallen is the Kel who leads the house, the archon who helps the servitors, and then the servitors who are responsible for, you know, giving them the stuff that lets them live. So there's there's a lot of like well, hints. Well, lets them prosper. What's that? Lets them prosper. Well, yeah, sustenance. true. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, without ether, they can't really exist. So. They can, just not well. No, I mean, well, I don't think... I think ether is, like, they, they have to consume it. it it's, they have to. They have to consume um, it. Right, but they don't... If they have the smallest amount, they right, can right, survive. Right, right, yeah, they can, right. But they, just, but they have to have it. Like, it's not, like... It's like, like food. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like food. Right, exactly. Um, and it's we got light, that... It's food. And we... Uh, I, like, I remember reading about that in um, Most Loyal. Yes. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. in the Mithra, or not the Mithra, yeah. the uh, Varric's book. Yep, because that was that was the big thing about um, the whole thing with what Fickrel and the Scorn were doing. That's why that's one of the it's one of the many reasons that um, Varric's was kind of like, "What are you doing?" Like he he was trying to figure out how to reverse engineer the corrupt ether that Fickrel was ex- exuding, because that was what was causing all sorts of problems. Petra called him out on that, if I remember right. Hmm? Petra was the one who called Varix out on his looking a little gaunt. Yes, yes. She she said, um, she made a comment that he needed to eat more. Mm-hmm. Up his, his intake. Mm-hmm. So, final Had thoughts on this swole. book that we're going back to. Yeah, I like this book. But that's because I like stories. Like good stories. When it's a good story. I'm curious if this is purely a result of the cry for answers about the speaker that happened before, like right after his death and everything, that everybody was wanting to know what was going on, why, who, like who they were. Because we were sort of asking those questions pretty early on, but I think the community as a whole really. Mm-hmm. really dug into the character of the speaker and I'm curious whether or not this gave just answers for that or and was just a um, for your information kind of book added into the season or if it actually has a sort of narrative direction for the future if there's something within this book that allows us to see something that's coming in the in the near future or the or the distant future or something that we'll see later on that'll be called back to this book i don't know i see this as being a filler of oh you guys want so many answers well here you go here's your answers Mm -hmm. congratulations we wrote this thing for you now shut up let us write other stuff kind of thing i see a lot of lore books doing that though and i don't know if that's because i'm like cynical as shit but i figure they at least have one ear to the lore community and see what people want to ask about 
or what they're talking about. And if they consistently see like the entire community being like, well, we don't know anything about the speakers. Like what the fuck is up with all of this? And they're like, okay, fine. Like give us a second. We'll write a book for you. Mm -hmm. I think Bungie does that more than people realize. Oh, I absolutely think they do that. They listen more to, I think they listen to a lot of different um, content creators as well as just community members in general to take a, at least a cue, not necessarily take the get their lead from them, but take a cue on what would be most well-received. I both love and hate that picture, Blue. You're welcome. Oh, is that Blue? Oh, no, that was... Ellen. That was me. Sorry. <laughs> nice. I love that I'm I'm blue level at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, blue's very trolly. Not to mention that picture is really accurate. Um. Anyways, um. Yeah. Just remember, devotion inspires bravery. Bravery inspires sacrifice. Sacrifice leads to death. So, feel free to kill yourself. It's like the best cutscene of it was Destiny. The, oh my god, yes. He was like, I mean, like, the speaker is, like, in the worst condition, worst placement, and he still just, like, <laughs> delivers that to Gaul. Just, oh my god. Like, verbally bitch-slapping Gaul. <laughs> Reddit's, Reddit's, di- Reddit's transcription of it is... Gaul's response is quietly trying to come up with something to counter the radioactive burn just dropped on his turtle ass. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I enjoyed the book. Um, I enjoyed the rabbit holes that it, it allows you to go down. Because... It, like, especially in the, the the dream sections, because you start. Tr- well, I I don't know about anybody else, but like I start reading it and I start trying to match it up with things that have happened in lore or in game. So then it's like, all right, well, another light or another star, you know, came to life. This happened in the season that we we revived, or you know, saved Saint. So maybe right, it's related to him, the, or but the timing of that right. card would not be under Saint. It would be which card was that? Um, it was during the faction wars. But again, right? It it's more of a thought experiment because we don't know if if the dreams are directly related to the timing or if the traveler actually was able to see a little bit past, you know, the fear of the cage. Mm-hmm. I think you're looking too closely into the words and deciding that this is like, there's something hidden in every single thing that they write. When I think a lot of it is just being poetic and having poetic license. 
And you're like, no, it must mean something. You're the guy who puts string up on the walls connecting two things that are obviously not connected at all. But you're like, no, hear me out. Like, that meme, that's you. Like, 100%. um, Bungie's done this before? They have done this before, but that's not to say that they're doing it every single time, though. Right. I think you need to, like, let let it be a story. Like, it doesn't always have to be some, like overarching thing that connects all of this other bullshit together like it can just be a book on its own that they're trying to give you a couple of answers that being said there are certain certain types of communications used within cards specifically now this is mainly relating to the paladins and the awoken but they do actually have code written into a lot of their communications. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. It is not secure at all, and most people no. can break it very simply, but there are aspects sometimes written into the lore cards that we're reading that sometimes requires a little bit deeper look. Not necessarily deep analysis, Some like this and like huge huge theory craft going into it but sometimes it is there and that is the fun and the beauty of being able to have these kind of conversations because it is a guessing game it is a theory game and figuring out where they're going is a great a great way to kill time to make friends and also to make enemies so how you choose to make those theories and how you choose to present those theories are very uh very important Elmas, my theory is that it's just a book yeah could be it could very well be and my theory is there's more to it than just a book that's because you you're finding the next jesus in this book Absolutely. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he's Russian. What? He's Russian around. <laughs> God damn <laughs> God. Fuck. All right. Shout outs. Cutting this conversation off. <laughs> Blue, do you have any shout outs? Uh, no. I mean, not really. But just everyone out there who's dealing with the insanity that is going on because you know it's not, it's not just pandemics now it's the social unrest everything else um yeah you know i think bife and i think it was lano i believe uh had some really good tweets Say earlier. No to rage yeah he, he i mean i can't agree more with what they said um about the situation so it, it's just it's rough um so just a shout out to everyone who's who's dealing with that and just know that you know we are here just to help however we can or support however we can i guess you know for what little it's worth i'm sure Mm -hmm. yeah well said green what Uh, about you Mine is kind of a, a echo of that, but with a slight tangent. Right now, it's very easy to polarize one way or the other. 
whether you are quote unquote on one side or you're on the other side or you believe this or you believe that. And the thing that I would very much so encourage people to do is to have the conversations and remain open when you are having those conversations with other people. I had a gentleman uh, message me today very respectfully. He he DM'd me on Twitter and he was res- respectfully disagreeing with something I had said. And that is, I encourage that kind of interaction. I think that civil discourse is something that is lost on this country and something that needs to be refound. So if you are out there and you are passionate about anything, whether it be lore or be Uh, the political discourse or the current situation with COVID or anything like that, have conversations. Don't be afraid to both talk and listen. Most importantly, listen. Because having these conversations are what allows us to grow as a society. Right now, we are in a situation where it's not really growing and we're really just kind of beating our heads against each other. Uh, second shout out goes to Blue for his call out of the possible location of the Traveler. I reviewed some of the things that he had sent over about the possible location. I agree with the likelihood that it is in South America based on the the colony card alone because of the location of the type of snake that is there. So it is a redaction on my saying that it is possibly not there. It is fairly likely there, but it still is not black and white in the books yet. So that is my formal public apology to Blue for for making him feel like his uh, assertion was not necessarily taken very clear, cleanly. I'm clipping that and good. Okay, continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because it never happens. I never, I'm never right. This is a blue moon. That's not true. That's but you are true. now. So you should just roll around in that feeling. I am. Just like really make mm-hmm. it your own. I, like wrap it, wrap yourself in that blanket of being right. Yep. Spread I'll ask, all over I'll your ask, bed and just roll I'll around in it. I'll ask Chuck how to roll around yeah. in it because I hear that they're really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. Elmist. Do you have a shout out? Uh, so first off, Ishtar Collective. I actually remember this time. Ha! I'm so proud of you! Right. Second off to uh, Blue and Green for doing this. It, it's always fun having you guys here. Um, different perspectives, different walks. Oh, and we... I can't speak for everyone, but I have fun with this. Just having you guys here. Um. Having them here is like the highlight of my week. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's one of the few highlights of my week. Um, I feel like I rank a lot higher than I should at this, but thank you. <laughs> you rank exactly where you should rank, Green. I mean, I smell, but I mean, we weren't talking about that, I thought. God damn it. But sh- you can't see it, but I'm raising my eyebrows in a non curiosity way. Uh, no, he's doing it in a, in a creepy, weird way. Is it like the the hippo from uh, Madagascar? 
the one that just comes yes. out of the water just a little bit and does the eyebrow wiggle and you're just feeling slightly um yep slightly yep. turned off but also like what what what's this mm-hmm yep that's the thing yeah um and last shout out to orchid for one organizing this and two for laying down the the cat food leading to her neighbor's front porch <laughs> for chuck to uh <laughs> <sighs> You're going to get me arrested. Why? You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything illegal. I'm not. The cat food just appeared there. I definitely didn't do it. You're, you're not doing anything illegal. Chuck, enjoy your new house. <laughs> That's why you make sure it's a neighbor you don't like. Do it at like two That's in the morning. That's going across the street at two in the morning. I'm asleep at two in the morning. I'm an old lady. Okay, six in the morning. I'm already, like, I'm in the middle of playing Destiny at 6 in the morning. <laughs> like, I don't know Whatever. What, kind of, what kind of time you think I have to, like, spread cat food all over the neighborhood. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my shout outs. Um, I guess for mine, um, thanks for coming. I appreciate you guys again. Uh, like this week was much more stressful than last week was so like I still appreciate you guys taking the time out to spend it with us and um, shout out to the Hyvins we miss you a lot and we can't wait for you guys to be back next week so yay congratulations on your new house yeah it looks great from like the little bit I saw and Elmist was there and like put his dick on everything so I'm assuming it's great not my dick i put my ass on everything you know what like what if you sat on your dick and then it would be on everything that would mean he'd have to have a bigger dick than he does yep that's absolutely fact that's that's true okay sorry i take that back there's no fucking way no there's no fucking (laughs) way to be able to sit on your dick just let that opportunity pass i'm sorry there's absolutely there's absolutely no way he could ever sit on it yep sorry (laughs) almost It's all good. <laughs> Go suffocate yourself on your boobs. That's, do you know what? I will right after this. I'm into that. <laughs> Gotta go do that upside down yoga. <laughs> I'm still not good at it, by the way. I like need a wall to be able to like kick my feet up against. I can't just like turn myself upside down. You're I'm not supposed it, to. But... You're not supposed to just jump right into handstands and whatnot or headstands. I'm pretty certain you can. Like you I can, took yoga but in you're college. not supposed. Like... So did I. And we <laughs> I only did can. W- one day of inversions. Inversions are I'm... considered an advanced move. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go upside down. You know what? Okay. Like. Yeah, I'm just going to jump right into it. You're going to go like, upside down. You're going to suffocate yourself. And the thing that's going to wake up, that you're going to wake up to is the damn fucking Chuck. Chuck. Right there, <laughs> munching in your face. Like, what up? What you going to do now? Just munching in You like this face. cat food? Oh, do you like God this cat it, food? Chuck. This cat food is mine. Fucking Chuck. Chuck, you get your... your- dirty little beak like away from my fucking cat food i buy like blue mountain cat food that shit is expensive yeah it is (laughs) like 
yeah. blue diamond, whatever the fuck it is. I buy the expensive shit because I like to spoil my kitties. Stay away from the expensive. I'll buy you friskies and I'll put it out in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm going to do that. Yay. Okay. Well, um, that takes us to reminders. Um, please find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at hey, it's orchid or at Mrs. underscore hyven or at or at I underscore am, <laughs> am underscore Elemist. God damn it, Elemist. This is so hard to say sometimes. <laughs> Are you going to rant about that guy who, like, got banned on Twitter that had at Elemist and you still can't have it? Uh, four weeks in a row is enough for me. Are you sure? Okay. All right, just, I wanted to give you the option just in case you wanted to. No, four, four weeks is enough for me. Okay. I'll find a new um, rant. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um... Everyone besides Arf is welcome to email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. Arf um, is still welcome. Don't let her shame you. Don't let her shame you into stopping. No, Arf, it. you know what? She I, love, I love getting emails from you. I love opening the email once in a while and actually having an email there. I really appreciate that. It makes my day. So anyone wants to send us memes, go right ahead. I mean, it's kind of an esoteric way to do it, but you're welcome to. Uh, you're going you to get something it. through the post. You realize that. Like, you're going to get this <laughs> random mail. It's not going to be um, the type of mail you're getting currently, but it's going to be something. Uh, just pictures of BK's laser-eyed animals just filled your freaking post, uh, what post do box. What think i already get every single day in like my text messages with bk that's all we have it's gonna be the esoteric version it's gonna be printed out copies like eight by ten pictures printed out and stamped like they're gonna use stamps oh god that's expensive guys don't do that we don't have a p.o box so and and you know the sad thing is if they actually sent email like that I would probably look at it and go, why aren't there boobies? Jesus. <laughs> Guys, if you ever find out where any of us actually live, like, send us boobies. Don't send us just, like, weird laser eye animals. Like, unless it's BK, she can send me weird laser eye animals. It's her stick. Um, <laughs> it's her thing. Yeah, get your own. <laughs> Mostly boobs. Uh, leave a review of this podcast. Because that's what this is. Um, anywhere you can, leave a review. We really appreciate it. Uh, let us know if you do, but so is we can this find really it. A podcast? I don't know. Do you know what? I'm unsure of what this is anymore. We've created a new format. It's <laughs> it's whatever it's whatever it is. I don't know anymore. I really want to just kind of like etch all of our episodes onto gold discs and fire them into space. You know, for the aliens to listen to. It'll be fun. Um, you can join our Discord if you want this all the time. I promise you it's going to be a good time. Um, special guests, again, dumbass question. Where can we find you? Except that, you know, thelorenetwork.com, like purveyors of lore content and where lore content creators live. You can find Blue and I on Twitter and Discord, on YouTube at Focus Fire Chat. We also both have personal Twitters. 
uh, green-eyed music lover, which I'm not going to spell out for you guys again because it's worse than Elamist named. Oh, that's and just then, words are hard right now. It Sorry. is, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, blues at Blue Crew eighty six on all of his platform things, and I'm totally answering for him because reasons. Oh, because we know how blue is. Yay. He's okay with it. <laughs> All right. So, um, thanks so much for coming, guys. Thank you for having us again. Yay. Is it time to do the, the thing? Yep, time to do the thing, Alamist. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Look, I say goodbye, and I wasn't prodded by either Green or Orchid to do so. I promise. (laughs) We had to script it this time because he refused to say goodbye last time. This is what happens, Blue. Goodbye. (laughs) You can really try to sound like you were more into it. (laughs) But that's the funny part. It's the fact that he's not. <laughs> <laughs>